Morning. Summer has arrived. Summer has arrived. We knew it was going to happen that way, didn't we? Right? It was just going to crank up all of a sudden, all at one time, right away. So let me get a few more things here. I want to welcome you, and I want to welcome those in the uh, uh, venue uh, service as well. It's so good to see all of you here uh, this morning. I want to, uh, I need to get one more thing before I start uh, this morning, so I just want to get over here and move this over here. Um, you'll find out what's in this later on, but just need to make sure I have all my ducks in a row. There's no ducks in here, by the way. Can, can, I, can I just share a little bit of a family, family, uh, um, something from to you as a family. Um, I just really feel compelled to let you know that uh, um, I think there are a number on our staff that could really use your prayers uh, uh, this week. And uh, this past week has been a challenging week for, for our staff in a number of ways. We've had uh, someone who's lost their grandmother, someone who's lost their sister, someone who's lost their um, nephew, and someone who's lost their cousin. And then there's a number of other, uh, and someone who has their little one who's been in the hospital because of illness. All on our staff in one week. Okay? And so, you know, our, uh, our, our pastor and, and all the pastors here, uh, they serve and they give out and they pray for you. And, and, and we love you. We want to do that. But, but it was just kind of a, uh, just a rollout of things this week that I'm thinking, you know, could we just pause for a moment and, and let's just hold these families up. I'm not going to give you names, but I'm just going to let you know that there are that many needs uh, of challenging needs of, uh, within, our, within our pastoral team. So can we take like 30 seconds and just quietly uh, before God, just ask for God's grace to cover those um, in need um, today and the days ahead. So, Father, uh, you have said in your word that uh, in this world we shall have tribulation. But take heart, Jesus, you said, I have overcome the world. And so we come to you with troubled hearts. We come to you with hearts that are hurting. For those on our staff, men and women on our team, that have just been faced with one challenge after another, one after another, just shocking news, heartbreaking news. God, I'm asking that you would uh, love and care for our team. That you would um, bring your peace that uh, passeth understanding, that your presence of your spirit would cover them, that you would give them strength as they face the challenges before them. That you would fill their hearts and spirits the only way that you can 
And may we as a church family just uh, be where you want us to be in support and love for those on our team. We thank you for them. We pray and lift them up before you now in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to do that. It's a little family time, right? A little family time of taking care of one another. You know, about a month ago, um, this weekend, uh, actually the end of, uh, of, this is the end of June. Can you believe it? The end of June. It was the end of May where we took a team of 19 individuals to Columbia. And, uh, and we had quite a trip. And I want to tell you that we're going to share a little bit of that uh, this morning with you. I wish I could just take the whole morning and just, I mean, all the way all morning because there's so much to share with you of what God is doing in our lives as well as in the lives of our brothers and sisters and our partnership in Colombia. But we're going to take just a few moments and then we're going to get into the Word and, and uh, let the passage of the Word kind of reflect a little more about the work of Colombian partnership and missions. But first of all, I want to say to you is this, as a church body, I want to thank you for your prayers and financial support. I want to thank you for you as a church body that the end of, of the fall of last year, we had the project before us that, that if we could raise $80,000, we could help build a community center in Barranca de Yuca, just outside of Mogange, Colombia, in a community that needs an evangelical presence that doesn't have an evangelical presence at all, that we could work with compassion to meet that need. And last fall, at our celebration dinner, that need was met. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you that in the midst of a, a tumultuous, uh, a tumultuous uh, uh, spring, uh, with flooding and all the disaster needs that we had here within our own community, as the 19 team members were sending out prayer support and financial support letters to you as a church body, trying to raise $50,000, and God was faithful and met exceedingly above and beyond that in marvelous ways that I wish I could tell you a story. There'll be a time in a message that I'll tell you how God did that, but I can't tell you that this morning. I it would take too much time, but God miraculously provided and, and met the needs to where we were able to purchase above and beyond that uh, numerous uh, Spanish Bibles and take them with us and present it to the team members there and their staff who did not have a full Bible in their, in, 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 as ownership, and they were just blessed beyond measure to be able to have their own Bible their own Bible to read and to, to testify on as well. So I want to thank you as a church. Thank you for believing and thank you for the nudge of God in your heart in, in partnering with uh, our partnership in, in Colombia, in Magange, Colombia, and Barranca de Yuca area. I'm probably not pronouncing Barranca de Yuca right. I, I, just, I, I just botch Spanish, and, and, and so God's stretching me there. But uh, I just want you to know that uh, we had an opportunity uh, this fall to go, or this, uh, in, in the end of May, to go to, uh, to Barranca de Yuca area to meet Pastor Ben. 
And Pastor Ben and I met, and there was this welcoming ceremony that we had. And there it is, the, whole, the community of people there, Pastor Ben and I, that was uh, taken together. And, and it was, do you realize how hot it was yesterday? Okay, now crank that up a little bit more with humidity, and then don't have air conditioning. Okay? And that community was waiting for us to travel into their community to be able to partner with Pastor Ben and, uh, and be able to uh, meet with them. A dirt road of about 15 miles, and there's this community where they need an evangelical presence. And Pastor Ben was in the Compassion Project as a child. Found Jesus through the Compassion Ministry as a child. And came under the tutelage and the mentorship of Pastor Serpa, who we also got to meet. And now Pastor Ben receiving the blessing of being a sponsored child and seeing Christ change his life is now leading and planting a church in the community to reach other children and pour his life into them so that they too may discover the life-changing presence of Jesus in their life and be able to invest in the kingdom of God. What a great, great experience that was. Amen. So we've, we've sent two teams of people to, to Columbia. We sent a team last year of 20 individuals and a team this year of 19. So just a, just a little under 40 people have, have gone to experience uh, Columbia, okay? And I want you to know, and I want those team members to stand up. If you were on that team last year and, and this year, would you just stand where you are so people can recognize? Stand where you are. Come on. Just stand. stand. I, I texted you that I was going to do this, so don't be surprised. Okay, so just stand where you are, all right? Now, now listen, these are the individuals you need to come up and say, what did God do in your life when you were in Columbia? What did you experience? Get their story, because you're only going to get the story from me. So go up to those individuals and get their story, and I'm sure there are some in the venue service as well that are sharing, uh, that are standing as well, and you may be seated, Okay. But one of our other initiatives that we wanted to do is we wanted this to be a, a partnership that wasn't just a few individuals, a few group of people going and experiencing. We wanted all of you to have the opportunity to have an invested connection with someone in the Columbia area. And so that's why we teamed with Compassion. And with Compassion, you could partner, you could sponsor a child. For $38 a month, you could make a life-changing movement in their lives in such a way that they get a, a balanced meal a day. They get uh, health care. They get uh, uh, schooling. They get social skills. But most importantly, they get to hear the gospel and the discipleship plan of what Jesus wants to do in their life and to free them from the cycle of poverty in the name of Jesus. And what I want, you, want to do now is I want everybody who is sponsoring a child through compassion, I want you to stand right where you are. Stand right where you are. I didn't, I didn't text all of you. You just do it, okay? Now, now take a look around. Amazing, right? Amazing. Each one here, each every one of you have a child in Columbia. Now, what I, 
I want to say is that you have an invested interest. In, no, 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 don't just sit down right now. Just, just stay where you are. You have an invested interest in these trips because we get to meet those kiddos. And you sent us packets, which we had to pay like three or four extra suitcases of fees to be able to special give special gifts to the children. And that was life-changing. But you know what is most life-changing? Is when you receive a letter like I received from Sandra, our little girl, this week. But you know what? You know what they value most? They value most receiving a letter from you. Because that changes their life. And I'm telling you, when we go visit their homes and we say, do you have a uh, sponsor? They say yes. And we say, do you have a letter from the sponsor? And they dart to their room and they get a little packet out. And they've got every one of your letters. They value. They treasure this. Now, I know that life gets busy. And I know that it's very easy to just kind of all of a sudden forget about writing a letter because we text so often. We email so quickly. But the old-fashioned writing of a letter changes a life of a child that they, they know that there's someone there. And Sandra wrote in her letter that she lost an aunt since the last time I've been there, since I was there in the end of May, and just asked for prayer. And I get to write back and say, Sandra, I want you to know I'm praying for you and your family. You may be seated. You may be seated. So when we went to, to Barranca de Yuca, remember, we, we raised the funds to be able to, to uh, uh, help put a building in place called a community project building through which the children will come and they will get a nutritious meal. They will get the medical care needed, but they'll also give and get instruction and they'll be taught the word of God. And I want, I want to show you the photo of the building process. And I want to show you, you're going to see a video up here. As we got there, there, you're going to see pillars that are up there. And you're going to see a ribbon there. There's Pastor Serpa on the, on, on the, uh, in the pink shirt, Pastor Ben in the middle, and there I am. Okay? And we cut the ribbon. And you know what I was telling the team this morning? I said, you know what? You know what's amazing? In America, we've got to always do a big, don't we? I mean, we've got to have this big old honking scissor, right? Right? For ribbon cutting. And in, in, in Colombia, they say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the size. I, I, just give me anything that would cut that. It still meant the same. Still meant the same. Didn't matter the size. So what a beautiful, beautiful story. And a beautiful impact that you're making in Barranca de Yuca. In those kids' lives. We had the compassion experience here uh, our journey here for VBS. We had 12 new children sponsored. 12 children who have a sponsor now that knows that someone's going to be there and help them and pray for them and love on them and financially support them to be able to deliver them out of the cycle of poverty in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much. But I could go on and on, but I want you to take about five minutes and I want you to hear the story of our team on this video, the week that we spent in Magange and Barranca de Yuca. Watch this. I'm most excited to meet Santiago, the little boy that uh, my wife and I are sponsoring. I think this trip will give a change of perspective. 
that some people don't have the same things that we have here and still their hope is full. I think my perspective will really change and my appreciation for what I have will grow tremendously. I know my perspective is going to change on life and um, I think the kids are really going to touch my heart. I know that it's a really cool experience to go to a different country and to see how the culture is and how they live and how they worship God. My family sponsors a little boy named Damien, so I'll get to meet him and I'm excited for that. I think in America it's really easy to get caught up in worldly things and to forget about this, the little blessings that we have. I think just to meet people with the same faith and see how theirs looks different than ours maybe just because they're in a new place and how we worship the same God. I think it's going to draw us closer to the people and to the culture. Um, it was just so neat to see how the people there relied on God for their daily needs. In the United States, we have a tendency more to rely on ourselves, but just to see them and their relationship with the Lord. You know, I'll never forget the welcoming. When we first um, were there, and of course we were all, I think, pretty drained and tired from the travel, which became kind of a, um, a quick minority in our thought processes when all the children and tutors and the, the people in the church were welcoming us and cheering for us. And I, I just don't ever want to forget how they view <clears throat> our involvement with them and our relationship. Um, it was very exciting. It was, it was emotional. Um, it was very impactful. Getting to hang out with the kids, getting to play and, and be a kid ourselves, uh, running around and laughing and enjoying time together. Their tutors at their projects are amazing at really reinforcing the Word of God there. They really teach uh, holistically, so spiritually, physically, socially, cognitive, and all of those different things that make a whole person and to make us somebody to be able to be a light for God in all areas of their life, they teach them, which was incredible to see. Uh, one of my highlights was to see uh, meet my little girl um, that I uh, sponsored. It was just, just neat when she comes up and, and uh, just gives me this big hug. It was a lot more dramatic as far as between the, um, the poor and, and the rich. It was just staggering um, because some of the people have hardly anything. I think in North America here, we care more about stuff than they do. They're happy with just their lives and they don't need much to make them happy there. I think uh, insight that I saw more clearly this time is that relationships are so significant, uh, the value of a relationship. You know, often here in the States, we think I'll just give them money and that will help someone, but that is a very simplistic way of looking at how to help and how to be compassionate and how to come alongside someone. So taking the time to listen and get to know someone and care about their situation and where they're at in life um, is very meaningful. I think that the value of this trip is connecting with the kids that we sponsor and visiting their houses and just seeing how they live just realizing that a lot of their struggles are the same struggles as the struggles we have. The money support is, is very important, but they, they stress that those kids are looking for those letters. 
and it means so much to them. So if there's anything I could say to sponsors is be sure and write to your child often. I actually went on the trip not wanting to sponsor a child. Um, I told myself I wasn't going to. Um, I actually kind of stayed clear of the kids a little bit to make sure that I would not get attached to any. And the moment I saw um, Osvaldo's picture, I, I was just hooked. And so I asked if I could meet him, and the moment I did, I was in tears because I, I just, I knew that he was mine. If you're on the fence about going on a mission trip, um, do it. <laughs> just try it. Um, it's a phenomenal experience, and I would not take it back for anything. There you go. <clears throat> July 10th through the 17th, 2020, is our next trip. And we are opening it up to 30 people if they want to go. And experience that kind of experience. So be looking for um, a registration that will be happening in the church uh, first, and then we'll give you more information of what that's all going to look like going forward as far as costs and all those things. Don't worry about that. God provides. God provides. You just step out in faith, and God will show up. Anyway, i got to get into a message here. Um, as a church, we have a focus. Our focus uh, for 2022 is to move from here to there. And I want you to know that that's really God's heart. God's heart is to move us from the here to the there of what he wants us to experience in a greater way about who he is and what he wants to do in our life. God is not a static God. And so we've talked about that when we go from carny to the world, that means from here to there. And we want to see what God is going to do in our lives when we connect from here to there, and God is, is, is shaking our life up. But I want you to know that when you on that journey of moving from the here to the there, and God is in the process of taking you, and he's not a static God, which means that he's not lacking in movement. So moments that happen in your life are moments of movement that God wants to do in your life. And, and I'm just telling you, it isn't always the moments that are good moments. Sometimes they're the messier moments. Sometimes they're the harder moments. And those moments that are very difficult and hard, that push us out of our little comfort areas, we don't know what life is going to uh, uh, look like going forward, is when we discover God in a great movement, moving us into a deeper relationship with Him. And that's what the book of Galatians is all about. And I'm telling you, I just want you to know, man, we got a great lead pastor, don't we? And I'm telling you, what he did last Sunday of, of, of laying out the law, and, and what is it that we believe that we follow of the law today and of the Old Testament law, man, go back, and I want you to look at, re, listen to that sermon. I have never heard a guy, anybody explain it so clearly and so precisely and with such uh, relevance of how we could live that out. Be praying 
for our pastor and his wife. So here we go. God is moving us from the here to the there. God is moving us from the familiar to the uncomfortable. God is moving us from what we like to feel safe in to a place where it might be a little risky, where we really have to distrust God. And that's what was happening in the church of Galatia. And, 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 and here it was a group of Jews, and now Gentiles were coming into the church, and, and Paul was, Peter was all for it, and he was all gung-ho about it, and then all of a sudden, more Jews started coming into the church, and they started saying to Peter, hey, Peter, well, wait a minute, what happened to the custom of the laws? How come we're not incorporating that in the church? And then Peter goes, you know, you're right, and he started waffling back to, to the old pattern, okay? And Paul had to address Peter to his face. In fact, he had to address Peter to both of his faces, And he, and he addressed that to, to Peter and said, wait, 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 Peter, what Jesus has done here brings us all as one. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 17, Paul says this to the church of Ephesus. He says this, for he himself, he's talking about Jesus here, who has made the two groups one. The two groups being what? The Gentiles and the Jews. Jesus has, has made the two groups one. He has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. I'm telling you, we live in an age that is so powerful because of what the cross of Jesus Christ has done. And, and I want you to know that it is the work and the plan of God that, that, is not, that as a diverse family, and we are a diverse family, just take a look at the neighbor next to you and the person, we're all a little different. Tell that person next to you, you know, you're a little different. You're just a little different. There's no longer any barriers. There's no longer the haves and the have-nots in the church. Through Christ and his work in the cross, we are one family, amen? Let me explain it this way. I needed to, I needed to replace a faucet in my home. Faucet in my sink faucet. And I didn't think it would be so hard, so I thought I'd Google the faucet that I needed. And as I Googled the faucet that I thought I needed, all of a sudden, up came all of these brands and all of these styles and all these different models and colors and, and everything. And, and then not only that, I started looking at the name brands. And there was this unbelievable list of different name brands of faucet brands. And I'm going, I didn't know that there were so many different brands. But I want you to know something. That a faucet without the main source being hooked up to the source of the water is just an empty vessel. And it really doesn't matter what the brand is. It doesn't really matter. This is a 1495 faucet. But I could have bought 
a $150 or a $200 faucet. But you know what? No matter what the value of the faucet was, no matter what the brand name of the faucet was, they all had one common denominator to be able to fully function as they were designed to function. And what is that? They got to be hooked up to the water source. The water fills them, and as the water fills them, it flows through them, so that as it flows through them, it meets the needs of those that come to them. You being one of them. I being one of them. When I want a drink of water, I go to the water faucet. I don't look at it and say, oh my goodness, that is a Delta faucet. I have never drank out of a Delta faucet before. Not sure I'm going to do that. I only like the Kohler faucet water. You don't do that because it doesn't matter the brand. It doesn't matter what color the faucet was. It doesn't matter if it was a shiny chrome or a brushed off-white or a brushed black or a brushed brown. It doesn't matter because what really matters is the common denominator of the water that you wanted to get out of the water faucet. In Galatians 3, 26 to 20, 29, Paul talks about that. And he says this, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Basically what Paul is saying here is in this movement that God was moving from the Old Testament Jewish custom through the cross, the work of the cross, now, now took, took it to a whole different level, to a their level, that all of a sudden it says there was this exclusive group, the Jews, right? This nation of Israel, now all of a sudden through the cross, God is moving it to the there, which is this all-inclusive group, the Gentiles. And it didn't matter what color of skin they had. It didn't matter if they were circumcised or uncircumcised. It didn't matter because the more common denominator was that they were found in Christ. For all of you were baptized into Christ. Paul is saying here that there isn't there aren't any differences between people. Just take a look around. There's differences. We're all different. We all have different shapes. We're all different shapes of faucets. Okay? We're all different shapes. We're all different color of faucets. But we all have one created need, and that is to have a relationship with God deep inside our core. And Jesus comes and he meets that need. And as we hook up to Jesus, as we surrender and we connect with Jesus, and Jesus fills us, and as he fills us, then he flows through us so that we can make an impact of those around us who need to know the water of Jesus. That's what Paul's talking about here. That's what he's talking about. Jesus loves diversity. And with diversity, there's commonality that makes all the differences one. And that is the source of connection, the main fulfillment of the giving of water that makes all to be inclusive, yet different. 
All faucets look different, but there's one common denominator is that they all need to be hooked up to the water source. Let me ask you, are you, do you have Jesus in you? And are you staying connected to the water source? Because when Jesus is in you and he flows in you, it's not for you just to keep to yourself. Because when there are those with the needs around you, then you're able to pour out a little bit of the water that Jesus poured in you to the others and to refresh them and to give them hope and to give them purpose and to give them life. You know, Paul could have just stopped at that phrase and said, you know what, we're all one. But Paul wanted to get into a little bit of the nitty-gritty of it. And he says, let me explain to you, church, what this looks like. And so he gets into a little more detail and he says, I want you to know this. Because of what Christ did at the cross, because he's the common denominator that brings us all as one, I want you to know there is neither Jew nor Gentile. So what does that mean? It means this. In Christ and the work of what Christ did on the cross, the branding or the racial barrier is to be a bygone issue. That's totally a bygone issue. The leaders in Galatia were telling the Gentile Christians they had to become Jews first before they could be included in the family. And Paul says that was back in the Old Testament. But now God is moving us to a there process, which means it's going to get a little messy because now what you once were thinking and once you had a frame thought in your mind that they weren't included, now you need to receive them as an all-inclusive through the name and the work of Jesus. And it kind of messed them up. I've yet to go into the kitchen or drinking fountain and say, Oh, this mowing faucet, I can't drink from that. You see, it doesn't matter what the style, the look, the way to discover, to to get the water uh, to come forth is different, but the source is all the same. It's got to be hooked up to the water. I learned deeper of the source of Christ in the lives of our Colombian brothers and sisters the Pastor Serpa and the Pastor Raphael and the Pastor Ben. I, I learned more about who Christ is in relationship when I go there. And there's a commonality that I have. Now, it's a little messy because I don't know Spanish. And it's a little messy because they don't know English. And their culture's different. And the way they go about things different. And the way they... Start on time and end on time is different. And what I like is they could preach forever. I like that. Anyways, you may not. But I wanted to tell you this. It's messy and uncomfortable. But when the flow of the Spirit of God happens, there's something beautiful and deep that you understand that is greater about what you experience about God in the midst of embracing in an uncomfortable and messy time. You see, not only was it a racial or brand issue, it was to be a bygone issue. It doesn't matter the color of skin. doesn't matter what country they come from. In Jesus Christ, we're all one. We're all one. He is the source. But then Paul says this. I want you also to know 
that there's neither slave nor free. And we don't understand that too much today. But maybe I put it this way. In Christ, the status and the social div division is bridged between the haves and the have-nots. The haves and the have-nots. You see, a slave in the day of Paul really didn't acquire anything for themselves. They didn't really have things for themselves. They were a slave. Didn't mean that they, were, they weren't uneducated. Sometimes those slaves were educated people, but they weren't able to acquire and build things for themselves. They couldn't have a home for themselves. They couldn't have anything for themselves. But the free person could have all that they wanted. And Paul says, I just want you to know that the cross bridged the barrier between the haves and the have-nots. See, it doesn't matter if you have a $14.95 faucet or a $500 faucet because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't because the source that comes out of it is the source that it's hooked up to, and that's Jesus, which makes them all a functional faucet. The $500 faucet has to depend on the source of the water just as much as the $14.95 faucet. And sometimes I think we come, go, we think we go into Columbia and we think we're the $500 faucet. And we think we've got it all figured out. And we think we know Jesus and we know God way deeper because we have all these resources available. But when you sit in the home of these of these people that have a one bed, two beds slammed next to each other, nine people sleeping in two beds, and in one corner is a kitchen with a little stove and a few little pots and a few little things hanging in one side, and another corner is where they kind of store their clothing, all in one little room with a little tin roof with holes in it that the water comes through, and maybe a dirt floor or a cement floor, whatever it is. But I can tell you one thing. That, that kind of environment, they teach, they taught me so much more about what it is to have a relationship and a personal dependency on the very fact that their source is God in themselves. It isn't an amount of the number of things that we have that Jesus is enough to them. Jesus is enough to them. The impact they have on our lives and the joy of Christ and their trust in God's provision is richer than anything we could go through ourselves. Huh. Then Paul says this. He says, I, I want you to know there's not a social barrier, there's not a racial barrier, and I just want you to know there's no gender wars. There's ne neither male nor female. Now, that isn't saying that there isn't a difference between the sexes, okay? What Paul is saying here is there is not to be any division or hostility between them. We're not to look, men are not to look at women as a lesser vessel of being used of God. And women are to look at men in a different way. You see, men and women are different. We're all wired differently. We all see things differently. We all even look at life differently. You see, for instance, a guy can buy a new pair of slacks, and he can be walking along, and he can see another brother. And the brother says, hey, nice pair of slacks you got. And he says, thanks. End of conversation. 
It's over. But the ladies could walk and buy a new pair of slacks and meet another lady coming down, and they're walking along and say, oh, look, that's a nice pair of slacks. And you get a 15-minute story about how they found it and what kind of deal they got. Not wrong, just different. A different delivery. You see, a man has five items in the bathroom. Okay? He has a toothbrush. He has a razor. He has soap, we hope. And he has deodorant. And for some, even possibly a comb. Now, a woman has at least 328 items in her bathroom. <laughs> and most of which a man can't even identify. Not wrong, just different. You see, a woman has the last word in the argument. Anything a man adds after that in the be- is a beginning of a new argument. not wrong, just different. I hope you get my point. When Paul is saying there's neither male nor female, he's not saying that there isn't a sexual difference here. There are gender differences. But what he's saying, that in Christ, we are one. In Christ, we are one. In Christ. You see, in the New Testament, Jesus elevated the woman. When that little poor lady, poor woman, gave two mites and dropped it in the plate, he elevated her. Not only was she poor, but she was a female. And he says, what this woman has given has given more than anybody else has given and will teach the generations going forward what it means. And that was a woman that Jesus elevated to be a teaching of what it means to give. Jesus at the woman at the well He elevated the woman's position in such a way that he talked about the water of life and and, and talked to a Gentile, a Samaritan that you shouldn't even talk to. And he, he, he broke down the barrier of that. And not only that, he knew that she was living in sin and she had five other husbands in her life and she wasn't even married to the one that she was with right now. But Jesus broke the barrier of that. And he says, what you need is the water source, don't you? And she discovers the water source from Jesus. And what does she do? Does she keep the water to herself? No, she becomes like this faucet. And she runs back to the community. And she takes what Jesus filled her with. And it flows through her to all the community. And says, I want you to know, I've met a man that knows everything about me. But he's changed my life. You see, that's what Paul is talking about here. Moving from the here to the there is challenging, and it becomes messy, and it breaks us out of our comfort zones, and it makes us have to think about things outside of ourselves, of of what we've built in a framework in our mind. And yet, in the midst of all the challenge of that is this beautiful work of the cross, this beautiful work of God doing something that's pouring into one generation to another, one race to another, one different person to another for the name and the purpose of the kingdom of God. The beautiful part of the diversity of the family of God is that we connect with Christ who is our source of life. 
And we don't keep that to ourselves. If we aren't connected to the water source, you are just as functional as this faucet right here. No matter what I manipulate out of it, nothing's going to come out of it until it's connected to the source. Do you know that water source personally yourself? You know, I've got a video here of running water from a faucet. That's what we're to be. We're to be this vessel through which we receive Christ. He fills us and he moves in us and he moves through us to pour out into the needs of others. God is not static. He takes moments to move them into movements for the purpose of his kingdom. And race and status and gender differences are no longer the barriers. For Christ is the source through which the kingdom will advance us from the here to the glorious there for the furtherance of the gospel. Today there are 120 children in Baranca de Yucca waiting for a sponsor. Waiting for someone that says, you know what, God moved in my heart here and I want to make a difference there. Now am I going to shut off the water source or am I going to open myself up to be able to pour out and give $38 a month $480 around there a year. Some of you spend that much to blow up stuff in one day on 4th of July. It's an opportunity to take what God, Christ has poured into you that you can pour into others and experience. You're going to have a dedication time where we're going to have the chapel go into, or the quad room in the middle school room. We're going to break down the barrier of the wall and make one nice venue area. We have an opportunity. And when you move from the here to the there, it gets messy in the middle. You've got to break down some things, right? But it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a great opportunity. Let me pray. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what Paul said to the people of Galatia. That there is neither, there's no racial division, no color division. That we're all, we're all this, the, the, the same source is the water. The water source is the source. And God, Jesus, as you move in us, may you move through us so that those around us may be able to experience that which you've done in us. That you would make a difference in them as well. So I pray that you would work in our hearts, that we would be not only blessed people by knowing you, Jesus, but be that faucet of blessing to others who need to hear the same refreshing good news as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.